Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. Alright, so this is Understanding the Gospel Part 3. Have you been blessed so far? Yes, sir. Amazing. Alright, and this is Understanding the Gospel Part 3. It is called Gospel Semantics or Salvation Semantics. We are a developer. You know, there's something we call syntax and semantics, right? Um, the order in which, you know, something should be. Usually used in English language. Talk about the structure of language. Hallelujah. And so when it comes to the gospel, Amen. there's a structure that it should follow. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a structure it should follow. That's what we're going to be doing today. I want you to open your mind. I want you to follow me very closely. I've uploaded Understanding the Gospel Part 1, so please go listen. It's important. It's important to understand 1 and 2 for 3 to make sense to you. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, so one thing we've been saying from the beginning is that the gospel is so simple that a child can understand it, yet it is so profound you would spend a lifetime exploring and experiencing its fullness hallelujah and i said this is because you know when you go to the gospel it should be simple even a five-year-old can understand it hallelujah amen i used to say something i also said in the last teaching i said that the gospel that saves you is the same gospel that will cause you towards to mature hallelujah the gospel that saves you is the same gospel that will cause you to mature and so over the years many of us have learned many other things but the most important thing to our life and our salvation which is the gospel and so maybe because the popular thing that makes the church move is a teaching on prosperity a teaching on mysteries a teaching on this we've now left the centerpiece of what we should know as christians to go to every other thing i said the same gospel that saves you is the same gospel that causes you to what to mature hallelujah amen the gospel that is you know and as a way i put it i said that the gospel is preached to the unbeliever to get them saved but it is what it is taught to the believer. Hallelujah. Amen. If it is so profound, it means that you can understand this, but that's what you need to focus your time on. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right, so I spoke about a paradoxical statement that there are many believers who do not know the gospel. And I said how that many people don't even know that this statement is a paradox because they've not been able to understand and see clearly that it is impossible for you to be a believer without the gospel. So how are there believers who don't know the gospel? It is the gospel that gets you saved. It's believing in the message of Christ that makes you a Christian. So if you don't know the message of Christ, how then are you a Christian? So it's impossible, or it should be impossible, (laughs) for there to be a believer who doesn't know the gospel. But we see nowadays that there are many people like that. And we're like, so how then did you get saved? What message did you believe to be saved? Hallelujah. Amen. What message did you believe to be saved? And so you have an, you ask an average believer what the gospel is, and he or she cannot tell you. I put on my story today, and I said I've spoken to so many people recently, and they're like, you mean to tell me that for over 20 years of my life, I've never heard the gospel. And I'm like, this is a problem. Because what are people hearing to get saved? 
Hallelujah. Amen. How are there believers who have never heard the gospel? Christianity is not by naturality. It's not because you were born in a Christian home that you are a Christian. There is what to do to be saved. And so I broke the teaching into three. We started with the problem, the Christ, the solution, and the result, right? Yes. And I've handled the problem, I've handled the solution, the Christ, I've handled the solution. Hallelujah. But before we go to the result, I want to deal with semantics. Hallelujah. Amen. When we discuss the problem, we discuss the same problem. The wages of sin is what? Death. Hallelujah. Amen. When we discuss the Christ, we spoke about him being the messianic king and the what? The sovereign servant. Hallelujah. Amen. He who was prophesied that will take the sins of man away, that will solve the problem of sin. God's chosen lamb. Scripture says he pleased God to bruise him on our behalf. Somebody who the punishment of our sin was meted upon. Hallelujah. Amen. We spoke of, of, of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And last week we spent time giving you proof of the resurrection and the death. That if Jesus did not die, it means that our sins are not gone and our sins are not paid for. And if he did not resurrect, it means that we don't have what? There is no assurance of eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, four important questions that you want to ask yourself in this series. Number one, why is salvation needed? Number two, what did I hear to be saved? Some people never heard the gospel to be saved. They probably watched a scary movie, in quotes, Christian scary movie, that got them scared of hell, and they started doing the things that the people that were, that were assured that they were going to heaven were doing. And in that, in, in, in so doing, probably thought they were saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Thirdly, how do I know I'm saved? And fourthly, what really is this gospel I have to believe to be saved? Hallelujah. Amen. Some of them are saying the same thing, but these are different ways you can ask yourself to be sure. And so at the end of this teaching series, you should be able to answer these four questions for yourself. Why is salvation needed? What did I hear to be saved? Or what must I hear to be saved? Which is same as what really is the gospel I have to believe to be saved. And number three, how do I know I am saved? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's get into it. Are typical steps to salvation in the popular Nigerian church is that a person just finishes a sermon Totally unrelated message. Maybe he was talking about relationship. Or he was talking about something totally different. And all of a sudden at the end, it's like, could there be anybody in the house who would like to give his life to Jesus? Please rise up on your feet or come forward while we pray for you. And then you raise up your hand and you stand. Some of you, that's probably going to be the seventh time that you are going out for the altar call. In quotes. Altar call. And I said what I said in quotes. And... You give your life three times before, you say, no, this one is rededicating. I'm here to rededicate my life to Christ. And, uh, okay. <laughs> and they say, come out. And you come out. You are, you are a tongue speaker, tongue speaking Christian. That means you have the Holy Ghost. And you are coming out for altar call again. And then you come out. And they say, repeat after me. You repeat a bunch of lines. And at the end of the line, you say, and today, and today. I take a U-turn. I take a U-turn. I don't know what that is. I used to do before. I don't know what that is. I used to do before. And then that's the end. 
And then they pray for you, Father, these ones have come before you. And then you go to your seat. And then the next time you feel you are not close to God again, person will pray. You know, even gets to the stage where they begin to preach a message. If the church is not feeling sad, the message goes on. You think you are going to heaven. Scripture says, narrow is the way. If you are fat, you don't enter. I'm sorry, that's not the way. Narrow is the way. Jesus says in the end, they think they know me, but I will not recognize them. Sister, what's happening? Or you watch the movie. And in the movie, oh my God, you were so scared. You're like, Jesus, hellfire. Wow. Somebody is fire. Oh my God, how are we going to do this? What's going to happen? And so they call, they do the same thing, bring you out. And say, I take a U-turn, I take a U-turn. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you all with me? Yes, sir. And I give my life to Christ, I give my life to Christ. And so you repeat the words without even knowing what it means. Without knowing why you need the salvation who the Christ is that gave the salvation, what he did to give the salvation, what you need to do to believe the salvation. All you knew was that he was talking about relationship before, but he did altar call. That's all. Hallelujah. Policing. There is semantics when it comes to the gospel and salvation. There is a way to do things. There is what to do to be saved. So say there is what to do. There is what to do. To be saved. To be saved. To be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, it is possible for a person to make a U-turn and still not be saved. So I said there is semantics when it comes to the gospel and salvation. Hallelujah. And I said, which means that, listen, it's possible for you to make a U-turn and still not be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. It is possible for you to repent and still not be saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word repent was used with, with different Greek words, two of which are, first of all, the Greek word, one of the Greek words that was used was metanoia. Metanoia means a change of heart. Another Greek word that was used for repent in scriptures is metamelomia, which means regret or to care after. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. So listen, it is possible to repent and still not be saved. Because salvation is not repentance. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, a person who used to smoke before can repent from smoking and still not be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. A person who was in sin can decide that from today, I don't want to drink anymore. Probably for health issues or for whatever reasons. Or I want to be more responsible. But that does not mean he's saved. Hallelujah. Amen. That does not mean what? He's he saved. The word repentance there simply means change of heart. Praise God. Listen, the book of John is regarded as an evangelical book. You know, and it ranks high when it comes to anything concerning salvation. In, in John, you clearly see the gospel, almost in every chapter, there's a call to salvation. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Clearly stated. And one of the reasons is because John was written um, about 60 years after Jesus Christ. And so it is very clear when it comes to the subject of, 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 of salvation. But listen, the book of John, as important as it is, you cannot find the word repentance in it. Mm. 
It is regarded as an evangelical book, and yet you cannot find the word repentance in it. Hallelujah. So Jesus was asked, asked in John chapter 6 and verse 28. He says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might walk the works of God? Jesus answered unto them and said, I want everybody to open to John chapter 6 and verse 28. John chapter, listen, this is going to tie everything we've been doing from the beginning. You're going to understand. It's going to tie it together. Hallelujah. Amen. John chapter 6 and verse 28. All right. So, Jesus answered unto them and said, I want everybody to read that second part from this ease together. Anyways, I might not be able to hear you, but just read it wherever you are. One, two, go. This is the work of God. This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he has sent. Amazing. So listen. He asked him how they would do it and he said, listen. This is the work of God. Believe on him. Who God has sent. So listen. Is either Jesus Christ was hiding something or repentance is not a prerequisite to salvation? Because he could have clearly just said, repent, then believe. Are you with me? Yes, sir. What did he say? Believe on him who he has sent. Hallelujah. Amen. Believe him as the prerequisite. Not even repentance. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm sure many people are shocked and they're like, what, what is he saying? So we should not repent or what is he saying? Just follow me very closely. Hallelujah. Amen. So you can change your ways. You can stop the things you used to do before. You can stop smoking, stop drinking, stop doing everything and still not be saved. Repentance is not salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. Another important point. You can have good morals. You can be really great. You can give arms. You can be good. You can help people. You might be someone who doesn't get angry. You have a good you know, temper. You don't have a bad temper. You're, you're helpful to people and still not be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, it is very possible to be very generous and say, some people begin to compare the level of their gen- you, you see people, you know, there are some people that once, they used to be Christian before once they got saved, or even they were not Christian before, when they got saved, you know, they stopped, you know, it's as if maybe when you, are, when you have money, the need to pray stops. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. And so, rather than praying, believing in gospel, doing all of that, they begin to, to show generosity. So, you probably think that by the amount of money you give to the poor, you are measuring up some, some treasure with God. Or you are, you are, and that's wrong because it's a transactional mindset. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a transactional mindset. You are thinking that by your own wealth or by, by your own good works, you can match up to the goodness of God. Or you can match up, you know, to earn salvation from God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, I don't know how many of you have heard of it before, that when they want to bury some people, they bury them with gold. Such treasure that they are digging up now and they are finding. They buried some of those Egyptians with gold because they believed in their time that when they get up after they die to heaven, they will measure how much of wealth they came with with the amount of their sins. And so, if their wealth is heavier than the amount of their sins, they will be led to go to heaven. But if their sins are heavier than the amount of wealth they brought, they will be sent back and be sent to hell. 
And some people, I don't believe that that's what they are doing, but that's what you are doing. Hallelujah. Amen. There are some other people that believe that God will weigh their good works versus their sins. And if their good works are better than their sins, then they will let them go. But if their sins are heavier than their good works, then they will send them to hell. And all that is wrong. Hallelujah. Amen. All that is wrong. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Yes, the believer should have good morals. But listen, morality is not salvation. Gandhi is good. It does not mean Gandhi is saved. Gandhi mm. teaches you to be good. It does not mean that all the people that follow Gandhi are saved. Many religions teach you to be good. Buddha, they have good works. They give alms. It doesn't mean that any of them and their followers are saved. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yes, yes sir. So morality uh, is not salvation. Yes, sir. The sin problem cannot be solved with morality. Neither can it be solved with repentance. The wage of sin cannot be met by repentance. Neither can it be met with morality. Death is the wage. Hallelujah. That's the death that was owed. Go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. It says, For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. Listen. Paul's desire is that they are saved. But he bears them record that yes, they have a zeal for God. But not according to knowledge. It says, They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So there is something that is called God's righteousness and there is something that is called your righteousness. That is self-righteousness. Where you think by your zeal and by the things you can do, you can meet up to God's standard and be righteous. Scripture says, all have sinned. Hallelujah. Amen. I bear them record. They have zeal. So listen, you can have zeal and not be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. You can go to church all your life and not be saved. Hallelujah. Amen. Muslims pray, Muslims fast, Muslims give alms. It doesn't mean they are saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Zeal is not salvation. What are the three things I've mentioned? Repentance is not salvation. Morality is not salvation. Zeal is not salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. When I spoke of morality, I spoke of morality and works. That is not salvation. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So look at the church in Galatia. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6 to 9. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6 to 9. It says, I marvel that you are soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. He's like, I'm surprised that you're moving to another gospel. He says, it's not because there is another gospel. He says, but there are some people that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we've preached to you. Let him be a cause. For emphasis in the next verse, he said it again. 
and we and as we said before, so say now again. If any man preaches to you any other gospel than that which you've received, let him be what? Cursed. First of all, you see, he's saying some people have come to pervert what we preach to you. See the urgency. If anybody preaches any other thing but the gospel which we preach to you first, let him be cursed, even if he's an angel. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm surprised that you've moved from the, the, this gospel to another gospel. And this is because some people came and started to pervert the teachings which he taught to the church at Galatia. He further explained it. Go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1 to 3. He says, Oh foolish Galatians! Oh foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose, he says, before whose eyes Jesus had been evidently set forth, crucified amongst you, that is, before whose eyes did we see Jesus, um, did we portray Jesus as the one who was crucified? He says, this only would I learn of you. That is, this is one question I will ask of you. Did you receive the Spirit by your works? Or by the hearing of faith? So you know what the people that were coming to prevent were coming to do. They were trying to make them think that it was by their works that they would be justified. He says, are you so foolish that you started in the Spirit and now you want to be made perfect by, in, in the flesh? Who has bewitched you to see Jesus, who we have set forth before you, crucified? Remember the witnessing of the apostle, apostles. What did they witness? The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So he makes an argument. He begins to make an argument. He says, how did you receive the Spirit? Is it by works? By what you can do? Is it by giving alms? Is it by your zeal? Or by faith in what we preach to you. Hallelujah. Amen. He was correcting the church in Galatia. Hallelujah. Amen. They were trying to justify themselves by works. And I've said before, the Bible documents the journey of God into the heart of a man. Hallelujah. Amen. So sin, you know, sin are taking man away, but listen, the blood of Christ washed him, washed him clean, and then the Spirit of God came to dwell inside of him. Hallelujah. Amen. And made him God's temple. Mm -hmm. So he said, how did you receive the Spirit? You received the Spirit not by your works. It took the work of Jesus Christ first to die for the sin problem to go. And secondly, Scripture records that when Jesus accepted, he received the promise of the Holy Spirit and shed forth within us, which was a proof of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you see Paul's argument? Mm -hmm. If it was by your works, Works never gave you. You have been doing these works all your life. You did not receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. For you heard and believed this gospel. So why then do you want to move from this thing that we are teaching you to another thing and try to justify yourself by works? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And from all I've taught you, you can easily see the semantics. The same problem could not be solved by man or what man can do. The wage of sin is death. Hallelujah. Amen. If you go to Romans chapter mm -hmm. 10 and verse 9, remember all I've been teaching you, right? They were waiting for the problem to be solved. God prophesied and he said that I will give an acceptable lamb. Who is that lamb? Jesus. As the suffering servant to take your iniquities away. He is the Lamb of God, the acceptable sacrifice. Man could not save himself. Why? Man was in sin. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So you go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. 
It says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. Saved. Hallelujah. Amen. So, if you believe understanding the gospel one, believe understanding the gospel two, you'll be what? Saved. Saved. Amen. That Jesus is Lord and that he has come as what? Payment for my sin. And God has resurrected him. Hallelujah. Amen. And confession there is not a list of creed that you recite every day. It's not you turn. Confession there is what? Confessing that Jesus is a Lord and believing in your heart that God did what? Raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. So what? Believe that Jesus died for your sin and is resurrected. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, anybody who says differently is directly attacking your salvation. I told you last week. I showed you the proof that Jesus died and was resurrected. Anyone who claims that Jesus did not die is directly attacking your salvation because he took the death for you to be saved. He took the death for the punishment that was supposed to be yours to be taken away. Listen, you owe the debt you could not pay. Christ paid a debt he did not owe. Hallelujah. Christ paid what? A debt he did not owe. That's why it's funny. People get upset that we are not acting in love. When we say we are not worshipping the same God with, 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 with Muslims. Do you know that the Muslims say Jesus Christ did not die? They say it's impossible for Jesus to die. They say because in this, in, in, Jesus himself quoted that when, when he was tempted that he should jump down the cliff. He said that God will send this angel to catch him. He says it means if they wanted to kill him that God would have saved him from death. But we know better. We know that he pleased God. <laughs> we know that what? He pleased God to bruise him for my sin. That was the genius of God like I explained Hallelujah. to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, it's the death of Christ that takes, it, 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 it takes the death of Christ for sin to go. It takes the resurrection of Christ for us to have assurance of eternal life. I take that again. It takes the death of Christ for sin to go. It takes the resurrection of Jesus for what? For assurance of eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. So what do we believe to be saved? The gospel. I'll give you a quick definition of the gospel. From I know you've been looking for definition from part one, part two, it's until part three <laughs> that I'm giving the definition. But you already if if I literally tell you to tell me from all you've learned what the gospel is, what you're going to define is the, is the definition. So what is the gospel? The gospel, I'll give you a definition that my spiritual father gives and it's very apt, so there's no need to change it, right? The gospel is that God fulfilled his plan. Remember Ephesians chapter 3. That word, blessed be God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in every place in Christ Jesus. He has what? He has chosen us before the foundation of, of, of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. So he has known the way he was going to solve the problem. We call him what a providential God. He did not make preparation after. He made the preparation since before. Before you knew in their salvation, he had already planned that Jesus was going to die. Hallelujah. Amen. So, 
He said, mm-hmm. uh, I said, God fulfilled his plan to accept the death of Jesus Christ as propitiation or payment. I take it again. God fulfilled his plan to accept the death of Jesus as payment for sin to solve the sin problem, right? And what? And has ever since bestowed eternal life on all who believe. Hallelujah. Amen. John 3.16 now makes sense. For God so loved the world. How do we know that God loved the world? He gave his son. Whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish but have what? Everlasting life. The wage of sin was paid and now you have what? Eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. There's now a solution to both spiritual and physical death. Clear? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So someone is asking, how is it that simple? Just believe for such a big thing as salvation. Ah, just believe. It feels weird. Does it not feel too good to be true? Mm-hmm. And someone is like, it still doesn't make sense to me. After this big problem, just say believe, believe, believe. You know, that's why they decided to call us hypergrace people. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. But listen, the simplicity in the gospel is the most important part of the gospel. What did I say? The simplicity in the gospel is the most important part. Any other way, if your hand were to be involved, it will not show. <laughs> this, this is so good. Any other way that salvation would have come would not have pointed to God as the Savior. You will understand. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. I'm waiting for you to open it. Alright. It says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealous. I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Paul speaking. He says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, he says, So your mind should not be corrupted from the what? Simplicity that is in Christ. Many of us just want to complicate it. It's ah, believe. You want to write new scripts. Assistant Holy Ghost. Assistant Jesus Christ. There's a reason. Hallelujah. Amen. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4. This shows you why he had to be only by God. Ephesians 2 verse 4. He clearly says, he says, But God, who is rich in mercy, hey, if a person is rich and he wants to show you he's rich, he will take you out, pay for your transport, pay for your food, pay for every single thing to show you that he's rich. Are you with me? Yes, sir. God who is what? Rich in mercy. For his what? Great love. If your friend takes you out, when you get there, you split the deal. If somebody that loves you takes you out, I'm not putting pressure on you guys now, don't worry. You, even if you love her, if you don't have enough money, you can split the deal. That's fine. But you get my point, right? 
Yes. If someone who loves, he's going to just cover everything. Hallelujah. Yes. He says, for the great love where which he loved us, even when we were what? Dead in sin, he did what? He has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are what? Saved. He says, and has raised up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ha ha, hallelujah. Listen, these are not scriptures that you read. Your devotion is going to change after this. Oh, you don't know what to say? Have you been thanking God for this? Have you claimed this as your reality? Hallelujah. Amen. That's what? That me who was dead in trespasses has now been raised up with Christ to sit in heavenly places with him. Far above principalities and power. Yeah. By grace am I saved. Not of what? The devil thought he had me, but he didn't have me. Why? Christ planned that I'm going to be saved through his blood. And all I needed to do was believe. Your devotion cannot be boring if you know this. What have you been hearing all your life? This is God's love. This is our God. Hallelujah. Amen. He says what? Verse 7. In the ages to come. Ha ha ha. He might do what? Show the exceeding riches of his grace. Show you the extent of his grace. God wanted to lavish grace on you. He wanted... Listen. He wanted to, to just show how much of love he has. If the only attribute of God you've known is his just side, him being a judge, you don't know God. Yes, sir. In his mercy, he 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 spent over you mm-hmm. with grace. He spent over you. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, in the age to come, God wanted to show what? The exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us through Jesus. That's why the punishment was put. He did not say, share it, share it. You, you must take your own punishment. Hey, nobody must take a punishment for you. What? Take your own punishment, then Jesus will take the rest so that you learn. He did not say that. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, for by grace you are saved through faith. Not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of what certain man should boast. Do you pay for a gift? Are you with me? Do you pay for a gift? No, sir. Hallelujah. He wanted to show his love. Remember, even though he's a God of justice, he's also a God of love. He's a father. Hallelujah. Amen. So we must say, like, this still doesn't make sense. What are you saying? Some people cannot comprehend God as a father. All they know about God is a lagbada, you know, fire everywhere, unapproachable light, invisible God. But he's a father. Hallelujah. Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians Amen. chapter 1 and verse 18. A lot of scriptures. So just follow, Amen. follow very closely. Follow very closely. Man, Tabarati. Please, if you've not listened to part one and two, spend time on it. Listen to it. A frosh First Corinthians 1, verse 18 to 27. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. It doesn't make sense. God came to earth, died, resurrected. It doesn't make sense. It says, but unto us 
which are saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. It is the power of God. Verse 19 says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And what else? I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. It says, where is, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made the wisdom of this world? You are in this world and you are doubting every single thing God did. Did God not make that wisdom? Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. It says, Has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? 21. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Aha. Listen, it was not ordained that your wisdom will help you know God. That's why the Pharisees never knew that it was Jesus. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Says, yes, sir. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It pleased God by as foolish as simply believing is. God wanted to save mankind. So first, show his love. Second, it pleased him that by what you consider foolishness, God was going to save the world. Listen, to religious folks, this is stupid. To religious folks, this is reckless. How do you save people that you don't know would even accept you? No, does it not say does it not seem like a reckless investment? You died for them. You don't even know if they will accept you. To religious folks, it doesn't just make sense. To religious folks, they're like, no, that cannot be it. No, no. Ah, uh -uh, believing. So we we'll just go scot free, scot free like that. All your sins. Ah, uh ah. -uh. It doesn't make sense to them. Some of us live like that. You don't know, but that's what you do every day. When you come to God and instruction is given to you, you are saying, God, me, me who is a sinner, that's what you are doing. He pleased God by, that by, for, by believing. He forgave you of your sin, present, past, and future. He pleased God. Hallelujah. He did what? He pleased God. Please God. It sounds foolish. It sounds simple and impossible. But listen, this will not make us change the message or sugarcoat it. Go to verse 22. The Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach what? Christ crucified. It says, unto the Jews is a what? Stumbling block. Unto the Greeks it is what? Foolishness. For some people, this has held them for so long, you just want to use your intellect to understand this. Hallelujah. Amen. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, it says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 25, it says, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Verse 6, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Look through scriptures. It's not about how much you know. 
He says, God has chosen the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confuse the things which are mighty. If the things of God are foolish, may I never be wise. Hallelujah. Definitely. If the things of God are foolish, may I never be wise. Yes, so. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Then he goes to the next chapter, chapter 2, and verse 10. Let's start from verse 7. He says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 8. He says, Which none of the princes of the world knew. For if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Can't you get it? They were wise, but they were blind. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. It says in verse 9, it says, As it is written, eyes has not seen, nor ears heard, neither has it come to the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. This is not finance. Stop praying it in your prayer. This is talking about something else. In this context, he's talking about salvation. It says, Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, Neither has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. He says, but God has revealed them to us. Forget about who? The apostles. He says unto us by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. He says, he began to say that who knows the heart of a man except the Spirit? Who knows the heart of God but the Spirit? The Spirit of God revealed it to them. The Gospel, that in the death of Jesus Christ, the payment of all our sins were met. They did not know. Hallelujah. Amen. If they had known, they would not have crucified Jesus. If they had known that he would take the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins to go, they would not have, it looked foolish to them. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It was God's plan to save us with something so simple, yet the devil couldn't decipher it. Listen, don't overcomplicate the message of God yes, sir. to suit your thinking or your expectation or your theories. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't change the message of God and of the gospel to suit the, the, the inquisitive nature of men. It says we preach Christ crucified. You wake me up in the morning. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ, a man called of God, came to this world, died that my sins would go. On the third day, God resurrected him and gave us all assurance of eternal life. Yeah. Because of his death, my sins are gone. Yes, because sir. of his burial, the body of sin is destroyed. Yes, because of his resurrection, I'm assured of eternal yes, life. That's the gospel. Hallelujah. That's what we believe. Hallelujah. God says, just believe that it happened for you and that is it. You're chasing mysteries every day, deeper realities, mm. dimensions of God, portals in kingdoms, prosperity ways, and you don't even know what Jesus did for you or who you are in Him. That's why people will continue to go and will be ineffective. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen. Mm. God wanted it to be this simple. So you might be saying, you gave your life to Christ, but the right semantics is that you received the life of Christ. Yes, sir. 
You had nothing to give at salvation. Mm -hmm. You were a sinner who was leading to wrath. What did I call today's teaching? Semantics. The gospel semantics. I give myself. You receive his life. Mm -hmm. When you receive, then you can give. Yes, Giving sir. becomes consecration. But when it comes to salvation, in that context, you have nothing to give. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. God gave. Ah, yeah. He did not give. God gave. What did he give? He gave his son to die for you. And when he gave you his son, he gave you a new life. Hallelujah. Amen. So rather, you say, I received the life of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I received what? The life of Christ. I once heard someone say something. He says, the only thing you contributed to your salvation was your previous sin. You had nothing. Who sent the man that preached to you? God. What did the man preach to you? The gospel. Who provided the gospel? God. Who died? God. So you want to say, Christ. you took a step, then God took a step. Is it like, even in your step, the Holy Spirit has started working in your heart to convince you towards the gospel. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth. It says to the Jews first and then to the Greeks. Hallelujah. Amen. This gospel is God's power to save. This is what we preach everywhere we go. Hallelujah. Amen. Without the gospel, you won't be saved. If you like, give to charity. If you like, cry. If you like, do everything you want to do. It is the, only the gospel that can save yes, you. That was the way God shows that sin will go. That was the solution to the sin problem. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. That Jesus died for your sins, was buried and resurrected. Your sins have been washed away in his death. You are forgiven and now you have eternal life. And now you reign with him. Forever. It's a popular saying that heaven helps those who help themselves. In this context, heaven helps those who cannot help themselves. You have nothing to give. If you use your works, it's not for you. It's those who have nothing, who are helpless. Do you know the picture? You who were dead in trespasses. Mm -hmm. He picked you up. Went through everything he went through on the cross on your behalf. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Zeal, morality, works. They are never prerequisites of salvation. They are what? They are results of salvation. Now that I am saved, I will do. Doing it will not get me saved. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. It says, For by grace you are saved, through faith, not of yourself, is the gift of God. It says, Not of works, let any man should boast. Do you get that? But in verse 10, it says something. It says, Ah, you are what? His workmanship created into Christ unto good works. So before, you had nothing to give, but now, you can now give yourself to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You can now do good works. You can now do moral things. You can give to the poor. Praise God. Amen. So it begins to make sense to you what I was saying. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. 
Don't stop there when you are preaching to me. They will come to your window and say, The wages of sin is death. You that you are wearing attachment, yeah, death. You that you are wearing it, gym, yeah, death. You that you are wearing medicate, yeah, death. But, sir, read the next scripture to me now. Ah! He says what? But the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you don't know how to rejoice here, you have to learn how to rejoice. We don't hear messages like this. We cannot just sit down. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans 3 verse 23 Amen. makes sense. They say, all have sinned. I need the phone very quickly. Thank you. It comes and it says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Go on now. Tell me the rest. Don't, you are not here to condemn me. You are here to preach the gospel to me. Are you with me? Yes, sir. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What does the next part say? Let's read the Bible in full. Hallelujah. Amen. It says what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What next? It says, being justified. What, what comes after it? Free. Hi. People are not following me. People are sleeping. Free. Being justified what? Free. Is it justified by works? No, sir. Is it justified by zeal? Is it justified by prayer? Not even close. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Allah Verse 25. It says, Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, that is a payment through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. It says, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that God might be what the just and justifier. He is the just God who punishes sin, but he's the justifier who sent his son to die for us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. No one can boast. Salvation is a gift. So see the heroes of faith. Rahab, he put in front of the Arnold. Rahab, what did she do to be saved? Listen. History has it that Rahab had <laughs> what happened to Pharaoh in Egypt and believed in God. And now she said, Look at the heroes of faith that were recorded in Hebrews. Hallelujah. Amen. Samson. Samson. Have I told you Samson's story before? He broke all the laws. Nazarites. Don't touch dead body. You took honey from dead body. Yes. Don't marry out of your tribe. You married Philistine. Mm-hmm. Everything, just the brick, just the brick. Alcohol, don't drink. He drank. Mm-hmm. Did he have power or did he not have power? Uh-uh. <laughs> See, that day, when we reach heaven, you'll be surprised. <laughs> what did I say? You'll be surprised. 
This ought to change your vocabulary in prayer and devotion. This ought to change the kind of songs that you listen to. The semantics have to change. Hallelujah. The semantics have to change. I taught you at the Catalyst camp. You can all... You've been saved. You have the Holy Ghost. You cannot come and sing some type of songs. Listen, the songs, the songs that you sing have to be gospel. Yes, sir. I recommend hey. for you. I recommend for you Kerigma. It's an album by Outpost Music. We call it literally lyrical theology. Listen, if we print the sheet of the music that you sing, if we give it to an unbeliever, it should convince him to be saved. I stand by faith in what you've done, completing what you've done, forgiven and redeemed. He says, I'm so blessed to be yours. Blessed is the man. My friend sang this song recently. He says, Blessed is the man whom God will not impute sin. Blessed is the man. I'm that man. That is man. My sin is not imputed to me. When God sees me, he sees the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Those are the kind of songs to sing. Some of you, is what you are feeding yourself with that is not making you effective in the word of, in, in God's word. Cast me not away from your presence, O God. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Not cry, cry. That's why you will not pray every day because you are feeling like God will not accept you into his presence. Restore unto me. Did he take it away? Hey. Hey. That's why you come out for rededication five times. Question. When your daddy at home is angry with you and you run out of the house, when you come back, do you say, Father, I've come before you to dedicate myself. Take away my name and change it back to your son's name. <laughs> why then do you think that with God, you will come and rededicate your life? You will see this child. Hey. Mm-hmm. That's why they're not effective. Learn what the Bible says. Listen, when I learned this, I stopped listening to anybody three months of my life dedicated to studying the truth of God's word and the gospel. Stop chasing things that are unnecessary. Mm-hmm. How many angels are there? What's our business? Hey. Scripture says that what angels are ministering spirits to us. Finish. Yes, sir. Dimensions, I wait for you, Lord. I wait for you, Lord. I want to see your face, Father. Uh, listen, Jesus is the face of God. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. All that matters is the gospel. If you get every other thing and you lose the gospel, you still go to hell. And that's the reality of it. This is the most important thing to be teaching. What are you, what are you spending time teaching? It has taken us three teachings. To explain this. Yes, sir. If I want to go seven more, I will go seven more. And I must exhaust everything. The Bible is literally a book that we call it Christocentric, Christ-centered. The primary purpose of the Bible is to teach you about Christ and the salvation plan. Scripture says Jesus met with the men on the way to Emmaus. That journey was going to take about, was it three hours? And for three hours, he spent the time showing them from the Old Testament the things that were talking about him and the salvation plan. Can do more. Hallelujah. Amen. Your songs should contain the gospel. Feed your spirit with truth. How do you pray? That's why your devotion is, is this thing. Good morning, Jesus. 
Good morning, love. I know you come from heaven above. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. Ah! What's that in your heart? Why? Even angels don't be tired of your devotion. These guys just talk like this. I don't get that. Gabriel, you feel this. What's even this? When else you start your day? Saying, blessed be God who has blessed me with all spiritual blessings with heavenly places. I'm the righteousness of God. And so, whatever the devil tries to do to me, he can't reach me. I trust in the power of God in my life. I trust in the salvation plan. I'm, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God looks at me and he calls me holy. I am holy. The devil tries to condemn me. He said, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. I do not walk according to the law of the flesh. I walk according to the law of life in Christ Jesus. The law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Mm -hmm. This is your meditation. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. The law of life has set, okay, has set me free from the law of what? Of sin and death. What are you spending your time feeding on? This is the gospel. Believe it. Jesus died. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Begin to pray in the language of Thank God for the gospel. Thank you for salvation.